Hello and welcome to episode 40 of the Mama Love podcast. I'm Annie Love and it's so lovely to have you here. This weekend marks five years since our youngest son Nicholas died. If you are new around these parts, a very big warm welcome to you and you can head back to the very first four episodes of this podcast to learn a little bit more about our family story and about uh, losing Nicholas back in 2016. In the lead up to our five-year anniversary of living without Nicholas, I thought I'd have a little chat about what I've learned about milestones and anniversaries over the past five years of navigating grief. Welcome to the Mama Love podcast. My name is Annie Love and I'm a mum, a wife, a life coach, creative spirit and all-round positive thinker. Our parenting journey has been, well, a bit of a roller coaster, and I've learned the hard way how to navigate through some pretty tumultuous times. This podcast is about finding joy, even in the midst of darkness, and believing that we can find light on the other side, even if the landscape is different to how we expected it to look. We're going to share stories and conversations along the way, and talk about how we create our best life, even when things feel hard. Thank you for being here. About a month before the very first anniversary we had since Nicholas died, my mum called to see what we'd like to do to acknowledge the anniversary. She'd been thinking that our extended family and whoever else wanted to could join us uh, for Mass at the church where we had Nicholas's funeral and where we celebrated many special family moments over the years. When she called, I had a couple of different internal reactions to this suggestion. My first reaction was that I didn't actually know how I'd be feeling on our very first anniversary of Nicholas's death and thought perhaps I might want to hide in a corner somewhere rather than actually having to see people. My second reaction was that I actually really appreciated that she was so conscious of this upcoming milestone a whole month out. When the 2nd of May 2017 rolled around, it was the most magnificent blue sky day. It turned out that our church didn't actually offer a midweek morning mass on that particular day and so we shifted plans to a different local church where they were holding a morning mass and I emailed to confirm that it was on and shared why we'd be coming. Then funnily enough the priest had been called out of town and on the day we arrived to find that mass had actually been cancelled. So here we all were gathered together ready to think about Nicholas and we were sitting in a church all to ourselves. My beautiful sister Beck decided to get up and lead an impromptu memorial ceremony for Nicholas. I can't really remember what she said in great detail but I just remember being so in awe of how articulate she was in sharing from the heart and through the tears and remembering our beautiful boy. Afterwards we went to a local cafe together and had a coffee, which was lovely. It might seem strange, but Ben didn't come to Mass or coffee with us. He chose to acknowledge the day in his own way, and I really wanted to honour that because we are all on our own grief journey. My gorgeous friend Cara had arranged for this magnificent rainbow-layered cake to be made and delivered to us in honour of our rainbow boy. 
and some neighbours came over to help us eat the cake later in the day. I'm sure we probably went out to visit Nicholas's memorial garden at some stage and received beautiful messages from all around, all around the world, no doubt. I remember our beautiful friends in Ireland saying that they had planted a a blueberry tree and um, there were similar messages from people all around from the extended community. There was much anticipation leading up to that very first anniversary, but I do remember it being a beautiful day. When the second anniversary rolled around, we did gather again for mass and coffee in the morning and for the second year in a row, the priest didn't turn up. We're starting to think that maybe Nicholas had a hand in that. Perhaps he liked it better when it was just us. Last year, with COVID in the mix and not being able to go to public places like churches, Ben and I decided to take the boys for a drive up to a beautiful lookout and we had afternoon tea on a very chilly May afternoon, sitting on a blanket. On the way home, we stopped in at Nicholas's Memorial Garden and we picked up sushi for dinner. As two of Nicholas's favourite foods, we often eat sushi and mango gelati on Nicholas Day's. When I think about grief milestones and anniversaries over the past five years, probably the biggest lesson I've learned is that the emotion of the day is really hard to predict. Now, this probably seems painfully obvious, but milestones and anniversaries can bring up a lot of emotion and it's not just around the actual loss of the person, but it can be especially if you're remembering the events that lead up to somebody's death. This time of year for us, between Nicholas's birthday and the anniversary of his death, has so many memories. Nicholas experienced his very first fever and started getting sick on the night of his fourth birthday on the 20th of March, and then he was admitted to hospital on the 13th of April and died on the 2nd of May. So that, you know, kind of six-week period, there were just so many different um, memories and experiences that we had. Even the change in the weather as it's getting a bit cooler at the moment will remind me of that passage of time. And, oh man, Facebook memories is an absolute killer this time of year. There were so many posts that re-pop up every time. There can be so much trauma around the circumstances of a death that it's not just the loss of the loved one that we also need to process as part of this grief. There have been years where Nicholas's birthday and anniversaries have passed and for the most part I felt okay and I say okay in inverted commas because it might still be a hard day but I just haven't felt particularly emotional. But there have been other years where I've anticipated feeling fine and thought that I was totally nailing this grief gig and then without warning have cried non-stop for a day, a week, whatever. Actually, if you heard me pretty much sob through episode 34 after Nicholas's ninth birthday recently, you'll have heard that. Grief absolutely floored me that week. These days, my philosophy is just to give myself grace and allow for whatever unfolds. I don't want to preempt that I'll be feeling terrible because I truly do believe that where focus goes, energy flows, and I don't want to focus on feeling terrible. 
But at the same time, I generally don't plan too much on or around Nicholas's birthday or anniversary so that I do have the space to honour how I feel that day. And if I really feel like it, I can just curl up under a blanket and watch Netflix if that's all I have the energy for. The second thing I've learned about grief milestones is that it's okay for it to look different each time. I used to think that we had to develop a particular ritual or tradition that we carried out each and every year to recognize and remember Nicholas, but I've come to realize that we can honor what we need for each particular milestone and it doesn't have to look the same each time. As our grief changes over the years, as we change over the years, we might choose to acknowledge the milestone in different ways. The flip side is also true. If you choose to carry out the same tradition each year to remember your loved one, that is completely okay too. There can be so much comfort in ritual. I have a beautiful friend who lights a candle and looks through an album of photos of her son at the time he was born every year on his birthday. And then later in the day, she and her living children bake a cake and decorate it according to what they think he might have liked at that particular age. It's just that grief is such an individual journey. It's so important to acknowledge it in the way that feels right and true for you. My third lesson about grief milestones is that it's okay that everyone around me doesn't acknowledge the milestone in the same way. However, we need to ask for what we need. I mentioned earlier about Ben not coming to Mass with us on Nicholas's first anniversary. He needed to honour that day in his own way, which was totally okay with me. And we had separate time together as a family of four later on. I'm always grateful for the messages from those who love and remember Nicholas with us, especially on those milestones days. But I also don't expect them. Having said that, As I was preparing for this podcast recording today, I received a beautiful text message from a friend out of the blue saying, I'm thinking about you and this anniversary this weekend. And she's left a voucher at a local cafe for us to acknowledge it, which is so, so lovely. I do think the key, though, is to ask for what we need. Now, I'd probably consider myself quite a selfish griever in that I prefer being alone with my emotion. Perhaps I have some control issues, I'll own that. However, perhaps you would like to be surrounded by your friends on harder days and you need a support crew to get through milestones. So how can you ensure that you have the support that you need? If you don't have the energy to organise an event, perhaps you could ask one close friend to make it happen. If you want people to acknowledge the birthday or anniversary of your loved one, it's a really good idea to share the upcoming date in advance rather than waiting for the date to pass and being disappointed that only a certain number of people remembered it. If something is really important to you, don't leave it up to chance or intuitive powers or hoping and wishing that you will be supported in the way that you need It's really important to ask. One thing I found with grief is that the tidal waves can be just as big and unpredictable on non-milestone days as they are on birthdays and anniversaries. 
Lisa Kordoff and I talked about this a little bit back in episode 38 and she was recalling the moment that her daughter lost her first tooth and her husband, who had died a few months previously, wasn't there to celebrate that special little family moment. And yet she was talking about how he was the only other person in the universe that would care as much about her losing her tooth as Lisa did. And and she found that really hard. In some ways, the milestone moments can be easier than those bolts out of the blue because other people are aware of the birth date or the anniversary date and can be there to hold us and acknowledge it. I guess the thing is that there really aren't any particularly easy moments when it comes to grief. As we approach this five-year mark of Nicholas's death, the grief is definitely less raw these days and we've become a bit better equipped at living around the Nicholas-shaped hole in our lives. I actually appreciate Milestone Days for the opportunity to stop and reflect, to recall stories and memories of Nicholas, to look through photos and videos. We never need to be reminded of him, of course, His memory and his spirit is ever-present. But in our busy lives, we probably don't sit and spend as much quality time with him and with our grief as we used to in those earlier days. So just to tie it all up in a neat little bow for you, these are the main lessons that I've learnt from grief milestones over the past five years. The first one is that the emotion can be unpredictable. Allow space to honour your feelings and be kind to yourself. The second is that it's okay for the milestones to look different each time. And it's also okay for it to look the same. It's about honouring what you need on that particular milestone. And my third lesson is that grief is such an individual journey. It's okay that your husband, child, mother, friend or whoever doesn't experience or acknowledge that milestone in the same way you do. But you do need to ask for what you need. So I'd love for you to share with me how you celebrate and acknowledge milestones and anniversaries if you are also on a grief journey. Come on over to the Mama Love Lounge Facebook group. I'll pop the link in the show notes and and come and share with me. Come and tell me all about the person that you have loved and lost and tell me how you celebrate and acknowledge the milestones and anniversaries around their death. I really hope that this episode has served you and helped you if you are also on a grief journey If you did enjoy this episode, I would absolutely love it if you could head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. And if you're not sure how to do that, there is a couple of videos on my um, mamalove.com forward slash podcast website page, and it just gives you some instructions on how to do that. But it just means that this podcast can get in the hands and the ears of other people and, um, and hear this message that light and joy is possible even when life feels hard. So thank you. And thank you so much for being part of the community that remembers and loves our beautiful Nicholas alongside us. Through all of these grief milestones and anniversaries, uh, it really does mean the world to us that he is loved 
and remembered and that his legacy of love lives on through us. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Mama Love Podcast. I am so grateful to have you here. If you love the show, I'd be honoured if you could hit subscribe. Perhaps you'd like to hire me as your very own coach, cheerleader and support crew. You can find out more about my coaching services over at mamalove.com forward slash coaching. That's M-U-M-M-A-L-O-V-E.com forward slash coaching. Or just come and chat to me on Instagram or Facebook at mamalove. Talk to you soon.